Hi, everybody. This is Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain Radio. You, myself, and the media, and anyone with their passing interest and expertise in the realm of economics and finance remains focused on Greece at the moment because this tiny country of 11 million people with 0.4% of the world's economic output has the capacity to be the rolling, hellish, thunderbolt, cyclops eye of financial Armageddon that can bring down the entire house of cards of fiat currency and democracy robbing banking finance of the public sector. Why is everyone so focused on Greece at the moment? Because, my friends, Greece has the capacity to take down the financial system. And uh, this is what everyone is so concerned about. Just a very, very brief overview. Um, If Greece defaults on its debt, which it has to do, the debt is 174 or 175% of gross domestic product is going to have to default at some level, then what happens is all of the European banks and banks around the world, which hold Greek bonds, will have to take what's called a haircut. They will have to lower the value of their holdings. Now, some of these banks are leveraged 30 to 1, 40 to 1, which means that they are two and a half or or three and a bit percentage points away in terms of loss of uh, assets uh, from going under. This is how fragile this thin edge of incredibly leveraged finances are. So what happens is uh, most um, of the European banks have a requirement that they have assets that are worth 6% of their exposures. It used to be 8%, but not enough banks were passing that test, so then it went down to 6%. So what that means is if for every, um, say, million dollars that they lose in value, they have to unwind 18 or $19 million worth of holdings. And so this is why there's this huge sweep, this massive sweep that can happen, a whiplash effect. So if European banks have to lower their asset base or count that their Greek bonds are worthless, they have to ditch or get rid of or sell off a whole bunch of other financial instruments, which causes a vicious cycle insofar as when they sell these instruments, the price of them go down, which means that whatever instruments they have in reserve that are of the same type also have to be lowered in value, thus triggering them to sell more of these assets, which further lower things in value. And this is how this whole house of cards could come coming down from this small country. Now, derivatives are basically financial instruments that have no intrinsic value, but whose value is derived as derivatives, it's derived from something else. So if I'm a farmer and I'm going to grow 100 acres of uh, wheat, uh, I can have a contract which says you uh, are voluntarily going to enter into that contract to buy those 100 acres of wheat from me at a fixed price in the future. This hedges me against loss, means that I can borrow, it's an asset. And of course, if the price of wheat goes very high, that's good for you because you can buy it from me at a lower price, sell it on the open market at a higher price. And if the price goes down, it's good for me because you have to buy them at the existing price and can only sell them at a lower price. Now, Warren Buffett, the, Omaha, the Oracle of Omaha, one of the most famous investors in the world, has called these derivatives, um, financial weapons of mass destruction. And derivatives are massive, enormous, titanic 
the world's GDP is 70 to 75 trillion dollars. The derivatives and other associated financial instrument markets have been estimated to be, um, I mean, it's really hard, 710 a trillion dollars or um, 10 times the entire GDP of the world. I've heard double that in some areas as well. The Deutsche Bank, of course, the German bank's derivatives exposure is the biggest in the world at $75 trillion, 20 times the size of the entire German GDP. Now, when the housing bubble burst back in the nightmare year in 2007, the total notional value of derivatives contracts around the world was about half a, uh, sorry, $500 trillion. And according to the Bank for International Settlements right around now, the total notional value of derivatives contracts has ballooned to a staggering $710 trillion. And uh, that is really astonishing. The Deutsche Bank has this exposure uh, of $75 trillion, uh, and that's about 100 times greater than the 522 billion euros in deposits, uh, five times the entire GDP, and as I said, about the same, uh, five times the GDP of Europe, about the same as the GDP of the world. And its leverage ratio is um, 3.1%, which means that uh, it has uh, 3.1 cents in assets for every dollar it has in contracts, liabilities. Um, And this is really what has been happening in Europe uh, Greece essentially went bankrupt in 2010. It received $284 billion in bailout funds since 2010. 92% of those bailout fan- funds went to Greek and European financial institutions. Only 8% reached the people of Greece. Uh, so basically, it is yet another bank bailout. The too big to fail. People wonder why the disparity between rich and poor tends to be increasing. Because we've got this too big to fail. If you reach this Elysium state of Ragnarokian titanic uh, impregnability, then you have, uh, as the uh, government uh, or the central bank, whether it's the European Central Bank or the Fed or other central banks, they are the lender of last resort. They will backstop, and therefore you're too big to fail. When you're too big to fail, you enter into risks you otherwise would never have entered into. And imagine if you're at a casino and all of your gains go into your pocket and all of your losses are covered by some shadowy entity Uh, at no risk to you, are you going to increase your bets or decrease your bets? Of course you're going to keep increasing your bets, which is the central reason why this whole insane mushroom cloud of a financial system has grown this huge. So the bond bubble is $100 trillion in size. Remember, it's a $70 trillion GDP for the world as a whole. And sovereign bonds, these are the ones that the EU doesn't want to restructure are used as a senior most collateral backstopping the big Eurozone banks' derivative portfolios. The $12 trillion in collected EU nation sovereign debt is backstopping over 100 trillion euros in derivatives trades on the bank's balance sheets. And so that is pretty horrendous as a whole. The reality is that the moment that the government gains control of the currency, whether that's a local government or a a geographical government like the United States or the European Central Bank, the moment that the government is decoupled from the need to raise taxes to pay for services, in other words, the moment that the government can print money or massively borrow money uh, and so on, 
the people are disconnected from the government and the government can then promise whatever it wants and kick the can down the road and defer and defer and defer, which is exactly what has happened uh, in, in the euro. And of course, in America, we keep getting uh, promises of all this free stuff and free hell for those overseas, as in the American wars uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan and police actions or whatever you want to call them in other areas as well. Everybody's cheering and setting off the fireworks of nationalistic mad dog enthusiasm because they're not being sent a bill for the war. If people were told, well, we want to start this war, we're going to send you a bill for $20,000, I bet you a few of those bottle rockets would find their way into the sewers rather than lighting up the sky in a mad abandon and orgy of human destruction. So the fact is that the government is able to promise all these things and kick the can down the road. This, of course, is especially true when it comes to government union contracts uh, and uh, retirement plans, uh, social security and other kinds of backstops for human frailties such as not saving. But the moment that the government takes over the currency, it can print and uh, it can uh, borrow uh, and it can defer and then it becomes beholden to the banks. And this is horrendous. This decoupling of democracy, responsibility and accountability between citizens and governments is the foundation of what has happened uh, in the EU. And that is horrendous. There has been a 35% increase in suicides in Greece. There are people going hungry. There are over a million and a half people living below the poverty line in a population of 11 million people. It is horrendous. Of course, if Greece had been allowed to go bankrupt in 2010, which is actually what happened, then they would have had to restructure at the time. It would have been internalized if they had been a Grexit. If they'd left the euro, then they would be facing austerity imposed by their own government rather than externally as they perceive by this troika. And they would have had their own sovereignty and their own decisions to make, and people would have been scared from lending, scared about lending or scared off from lending to the Greek government for maybe half a generation or a generation, which would have been healthy. It would have been hard, but it would have been at least relatively self-determined and the temptation to continue to lend uh, is, uh, would have been diminished. And this is so important to understand that the European banks, by lending money to Greece, were propping up the value of Greek bonds, which protected their own asset base and therefore protected the entire financial house of cards, which is becoming more and more rapidly a mathematical and almost physical impossibility. So I think this is really, really important to understand. Uh, I am not uh, a, 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 I'm a terrible foe of fiat currency systems. They, they take away all accountability. Look, if you want government services, pay your taxes. That's how it's supposed to work. Don't kick the can down the road. Don't sell off the unborn to foreign banksters. Don't inflate the currency. Uh, and in particular, that hurts the poor most of all. And to a large degree, now that uh, uh, Europe is engaging in um, what used to be called counterfeiting uh, and then was called uh, <laughs> um, inflationary money printing, uh, now it's being called quantitative easing. That, of course, uh, th th those euros hit the north first and then hit the south later, which means the south gets the brunt of the inflation. What is going to happen now is anybody's guess. Um, 
there, everybody has been backed into a corner by a ridiculous and escalating series of entirely rational in the moment, like smoking your next cigarette and having your next heroin hit, entirely rational in the moment, but entirely destructive in the long-term series of decisions. Will there be a purge of the financial system? Will uh, a delusionary species of Western Europeans and North Americans and others around the world end up returning to the fold of mathematical and physical reality and approximating the human necessary important goal of living within your means? Well, that's going to happen sooner or later. The question is, do we hit the ground with the landing gear down or nose first? This is Stefan Molyneux for Free Domain Radio. Thank you so much for watching.